Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, August 24th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Donald Trump considers fast-tracking a coronavirus vaccine before November's U.S. presidential election. And global dividends are getting hit hard this year because of the pandemic. Plus, a look at the hedge fund at the heart of Neiman Marcus's bankruptcy battle. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. It is a key week for Donald Trump as the Republican National Convention kicks off today. And the Trump administration wants to show that it's got the coronavirus under control ahead of the U.S. presidential election. The FT reported yesterday that the White House is considering bypassing normal U.S. regulatory standards to fast-track an experimental coronavirus vaccine from the U.K. The idea is to give Americans access to it before the election this autumn. The FT's David Crow explains the political ramifications behind a move like this one. One of the plans that's under consideration is to go for a vaccine that's been developed in the UK in a partnership between AstraZeneca, the UK-based drug maker, and Oxford University. And they've zeroed in on a study of 10,000 volunteers in the UK and they're hoping that that produces successful results that would allow them to give the vaccine what's known as emergency use approval. The problem with this is that all of the US scientific agencies have said that a study of 30,000, so much bigger than 10,000, would be needed before a vaccine could be used in the US. Now, David, the, the timing of this can't be coincidental, right? How is Trump using this as part of his campaign? Yeah, so, I mean, the Trump administration's response to the coronavirus has been widely criticized. But one area where, you know, they have had some success is in vaccine development. Even if a vaccine isn't approved in time for the election, simply the speed with which they have identified candidates and enrolled trials is historic. They see this as a political advantage for Trump because, you know, it would allow him to say that he has begun to turn the tide on a pandemic that has killed 176,000 people in the US. And company payouts are getting hit hard during the pandemic. Fund manager Janice Henderson tracks dividends around the world. It found that in the three months to June, global dividends suffered the worst quarterly fall in a decade. Companies cut or axed payouts because of the hit coronavirus took on businesses. Think Royal Dutch Shell, Westpac, and Boeing. They all wanted to shore up their balance sheets. Despite the cuts, Janice Henderson expects global dividends of more than a trillion dollars this year and next. That still puts 2020 on track to be the worst year for dividends since the global financial crisis. And here's a story you should know more about. There's been some drama surrounding the upscale American department store Neiman Marcus. The company filed for bankruptcy in May, but even before that, the company had to undergo a complicated debt restructuring a few years ago because of a leveraged buyout that sold the business to Aries Management and the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board. Just right before the restructuring, Neiman Marcus did something that upset its creditors. The company moved its e-commerce subsidiary, MyTeresa, out of reach of those creditors. Between that move and its refinancing, Neiman Marcus thought it had some room to grow for a few years. And then the pandemic hit, forcing Neiman Marcus to file for bankruptcy. 
But the story that Sajit Indap, the U.S. editor of the FT's Lex column, is about to tell isn't only about Neiman Marcus's bankruptcy. It's about a bidding war that followed and how one hedge fund manager's slip-up got the U.S. Department of Justice involved. So Dan Kamensky uh, is a hedge fund investor. He's been on Wall Street for a long time, and he had founded a, a small hedge fund, which has gotten bigger now, called Marble Rich Capital. He had been a creditor of this company for many years. When this refinancing transaction had taken place a few years ago, he had been uh, essentially the loan holdout creditor who had not participated in that deal. He had believed that the My Teresa transfer away from creditors was ultimately improper and that he wanted to protest that. He wanted to, to litigate with uh, Ares and CPPIB over that, while essentially every other creditor, whether they liked it or not, got on board with, with the restructuring plan. So he should be thought of as this like lone holdout, kind of a lonely voice amongst Neiman Marcus creditors. When Neiman Marcus filed for bankruptcy, the Chapter 11 process gave him a chance to fight the company in court, uh, which he had been waiting to do ever since the My Teresa transfer and the refinancing from a, from a few years ago. But it doesn't end there, right, Sujit? What happened following the bankruptcy? Yeah. So what had happened in the bankruptcy was the judge actually agreed with Dan Kamensky and Marble Ridge Capital, which came as a surprise to many. The judge decided a, a couple of months ago that this transaction involving my Teresa, the transfer away from creditors and the refinancing that went along with that, that actually should be investigated. And so there was an investigation that was conducted by a couple of groups in the bankruptcy, one group of uh, unsecured creditors, then some independent directors of Neiman Marcus. And ultimately, those investigations uh, came to the conclusion that there may have been something potentially improper with uh, the My Teresa transaction from a few years ago. More importantly, whether there was actual wrongdoing or misconduct, it, it made sense for the company just to settle the charges. And uh, by settling the charges, the company could come out of bankruptcy sooner. So this was a big, big victory for Dan Kamensky and Marble Ridge Capital. Right, right. Unfortunately for Mr. Kamensky and Marble Ridge, as this settlement was being finalized, he made uh, a fateful decision. As a part of the, the settlement, uh, there was stock in My Teresa that was going to be distributed to, to junior creditors like Marble Ridge. But some of those creditors are companies like Chanel and Estee Lauder. These are companies that obviously sell products to Neiman Marcus, and they're not hedge funds or banks or financial institutions. So they couldn't wait around for My Teresa to be sold years from now and then to make money off of that. They wanted to get cash as quickly as possible. So Dan Kamensky had an idea. Why don't I, why don't Marble Ridge make an offer to buy those claims from other creditors for 20 cents on the dollar? And that way I can buy them relatively cheaply and I can be patient, whereas these other guys can get cash quickly. Okay. The problem started when, as Dan Kaminsky was negotiating this buyout offer for My Teresa stock amongst other creditors, was that he got wind that another party, uh, an investment bank called Jefferies, was also interested in buying these claims cheaply. So he made the decision, and this is all from a from a report uh, from the Department of Justice who was asked to investigate what happened here to call Jeffries and say to them, and this is from, again, the report, they shouldn't bid and compete with him because Dan Kamensky wanted those claims for himself. And so there was an investigation ordered into what actually happened between Jeffries uh, and Marble Ridge. And it turned out from that investigation, there was text messages on the Bloomberg messaging system, as well as recorded phone calls that really proved to be damning. 
And we should point out that Kaminsky later admitted to the DOJ unit investigating this that what he did was a, quote, grave mistake. Sujit, what happens next for Kaminsky and for Neiman Marcus? Yeah, so the bigger picture is this. Uh, Neiman Marcus wants to come out of bankruptcy as quickly as possible in the next couple of months. They want to be ready for the holiday season. This fight over what happened before over my Teresa and the transfer, it's important, but it's a little bit of a sideshow in that essentially what's going to happen to Neiman Marcus is that its most senior lenders are going to take control of the company. Most of the debt is going to be extinguished and those senior loan holders are going to hold the equity of the company and be the new owners of the company. Uh, that restructuring has to be approved, but the judge also has to decide what he wants to do uh, with uh, Kamensky based on this report that the Department of Justice has put out. Uh, but that's all up in the air, and uh, clearly it's created a wrench or a wrinkle that everyone else in the, in the Neiman Marcus case is going to have to deal with in the coming days and weeks. And just a quick postscript here. Right after Sajit recorded this interview, Marble Ridge announced it was shutting down. The New York-based fund has about $1 billion of assets under management. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. As we mentioned a little earlier, the Republican National Convention kicks off today in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is where Donald Trump will be formally nominated as the party's presidential candidate. The four-day event is expected to include a mix of virtual and in-person events with Mr. Trump's children featuring prominently. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.